you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. You're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and I'm Will Addison. Glad that you're here with me today. Uh, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, I want to make sure I get the announcements all out of the way. Uh, the Marriage Family Life Conference happening July 6th to the 8th here in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, if you would like to register, register now. We have our early bird uh, rate going. You can go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, and you can register for the conference. The conference um, is just an awesome time. I see it as a big family reunion, you know, where we get together, like-minded folks, and we, you know, encourage one another. There's some great speakers. There's also a conference within the conference called the Youth Apologetics Track, this is a conference for the whole family. And so if you have children ages uh, 4 to 17, we have a robust apologetics uh, conference as well for them. And so while that is going on, the parents are in a general session, uh, you know, m- being ministered to. And it's, it's just a great time. We have some some great vendors that's going to be coming, you know, great resources and things like that. And so go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net uh, to register. Uh, it's going to be a great time. If if you've been already, well, you know how it is. You know, you know how it is, and we are expecting the Lord to truly um, meet us there again. You know, we don't want to just conference for conference sake, come together just because. Uh, I'm just praying that the Lord will have His way and that lives will be touched and changed as a result of being a part of uh, the Marriage Family Life Conference in 2023. And also, uh, we have our um, preborn campaign going on right now. What is preborn? Preborn supports hundreds of Christian pregnancy uh, clinics across the country, providing free life-saving uh, services such as ultrasound. The Ministry of Preborn is the direct competition to Planned Parenthood and the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the United States. You know, the ultrasound allow, allows moms to hear their baby's heartbeat and see the precious life within her. Uh, when that happens, 80% of the moms choose to keep their baby. It's a pow- powerful thing. You know, we know Planned Parenthood, they have mobile units now, and they're doing things just to try to uh, 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 kill babies. Well, preborn is saving lives. Uh, these centers provide mothers who choose life, maternity and baby clothes, uh, diapers, car seats, counseling, and much more. All of these services are provided free of charge. And Preborn has a passion to save unborn babies from abortion and to see women come to Christ. Over the past 16 years, Preborn centers have counseled over uh, 450,000 women considering abortion. More uh, than 200,000 babies' lives have been saved. And more than 65,000 women have surrendered their lives to Christ. Praise the Lord for that. That's, That's an ultimate goal 
that, that they would be saved. And so uh, you are the hero of every preborn baby in this nation and an ambassador for eternal life for every mom, dad, and family that walks into every preborn partner clinic. So for your gift of $28, it provides one woman seeking an abortion, a free ultrasound, giving the mom the opportunity to choose life for her baby. And $140 provides five free ultrasound sessions, uh, reaching five women with a message of life. And perhaps you could sponsor five ultrasounds. And our goal is to help save 4,000 babies. And we can do this. And so uh, if you'd like to be a part of this, call 877-616-2396. That's uh, 877-616-2396. Or donate online at AFR.net, AFR.net. I believe tomorrow we're going to have a representative from Preborn uh, that we will interview on the show tomorrow. So looking forward to that. But today, uh, the topic or the title is, Can You Feel Me? Can you feel me? You know, one of the most gratifying things for us as human beings is when we feel like someone is able to identify with us, right? Whether that is relating to our upbringing sharing our sorrows over loss, understanding us when others don't, it's always good to know that someone feels you. Uh, In in the world we live in today, the cry of many is to be identified with or to be felt by others in their struggles and their situations. And Jesus had compassion. And like Scripture says, he is our high priest. Jesus is our high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But the thing that's different is that while our Savior is compassionate, he does not condone sin. He will not identify with sinfulness. And we should not identify with that either. The scripture says in Mark chapter 6, verse 33 and 34, uh, the people saw them going and many recognized them and ran there together on foot from all, all the cities and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. See, the compassion that Jesus displayed wasn't just an empty compassion or just a compassion for compassion's sake. He added and did something with the compassion he had for people, right? He began to teach them many things. And I know Miki has talked about this many times, that the is empathy for empathy's sake, or just because, you know, I want you to feel what I feel, that's not enough. Jesus also taught them many, many things. So his compassion, his compassion was accompanied by action. And today, many people, they want you to just feel what I feel. And let me wallow in my feelings. You know, that's like one of the mantras of, of the day. You know, identify with me. Feel what I feel. You know, even if it's like sinfulness, they, they, they want you to feel what, what they feel. And we are not to, to do that. Jesus displayed for us what true compassion is. It's not just, okay, I feel this certain way, so I'm going to feel that with you. He was compassionate. And he's touched by the feelings of our infirmity, but he taught them many things. Or he said, go and sin no more. And we're going to talk about that. So compassion, uh, true compassion and true, uh, uh, you know, care for someone 
won't just leave them there to just wallow. You know, that's that old song, feelings, nothing more than feelings. And that's, <laughs> that's the mantra of today, feelings. I feel this way, so this is what's real to me because I feel this so intensely. You know, I feel that I'm this and not this. And so because I feel that way, it has to be real. No. Because that type of thinking is void of reality. There is reality still at play. But we get so caught up in our feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. But let's think of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because we understand his holiness. uh, That he has the ultimate standard. He is the ultimate standard. That he requires much from his followers. And we may at times mistake him as a tyrant. Or as the Lord who's waiting for us to mess up. And see our, our demise. You know, sometimes we can get into this thing where I've done, something, I've done something bad, and so he's waiting to strike me down. No, our Savior, he is very compassionate. While there is correction that has to be made, while there are things that have, have to be adjusted on our end, he loves us, and he's compassionate towards us. And so he does not want to leave us in a place where we're going to feel condemnation, but where there would be true conviction. True conviction. So I want you to think biblically with me now. Uh, We know that the Lord is just. He's all-powerful, almighty, and is above all. But also consider his great compassion and his great passion that he has shown towards us. Remember in Matthew chapter uh, 9, verses 35 and 36, it says, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, and we just talked about this, and it's the same, it's a different book, but the same uh, verse. Um, and the thing is, just to show that he fills us. He taught in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among them. He showed that he cared for people by doing what he did. But, When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Remember with me how Jesus was moved by the death of his dear friend, Lazarus, and how it says in John chapter 11, verse 35, it says Jesus wept. Jesus wept. He can fill us. There's nothing that you're going through right now that Christ has not been acquainted with, that he cannot address. He can address every problem, every situation. He fills us. Remember in Philippians chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 5 through 9, the Apostle Paul, he writes, Let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He identified. He lowered himself, but made himself of no reputation so that he could be the propitiation for our sin. (laughs) That's feeling us. That's having compassion. And how John so powerfully writes, he was in the world, talking about Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world uh, knew him not. 
He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He fills us. He fills us. See, the enemy wants to play on our minds and our emotions and get us to thinking that nobody cares, that we can just go into this dark place and just kind of wallow there where he can have dominion over our thinking. No, we have a, a high priest who cares. He loves us. And he's touched by the things that we have been touched by. And he cares. So much so that he gave him his, his, very, his, his very own life. So that we could have salvation. So that we can be born again. That's someone who identifies and understands and knows that this life is hard. There are things that, that happen. There are trials and there's tribulations. But God has made himself available for us. Again, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And also, and the word was made flesh. He was made flesh. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He fills us. The word became flesh and dwelled among us and dwelled among us. Man, what a downgrade. <laughs> what a downgrade. But because he, uh, 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 he fills us, he understands, you know, and he had to be in a position to make atone, atonement for our, our, our sins. He lowered himself. He became flesh. He, God took on this flesh, this, this nasty flesh. And not only that, but he dwelled among those that he made. He fills us. So I want to encourage you today, and we're going to get into it even more, that you're not alone. You're not beyond where Christ can reach. Even in the, 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 the depths of your situation that you're in right now, cry out to him. He fills you. He understand. He was a man that was acquainted with sorrows and grief. And so don't walk away from him, but press into him even more. Can you feel me? Yes, Christ. He feels us. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will. And I'll be back right after this. by this earth this place that we live for a small amount of time these things we think we can take with us when we die they don't last keep your eyes on the prize man we looking around but we gotta stay focused this life about a moment i don't want to let it pass i want to own it look in the grass you see the opponent he want to see you in chains he want to see you in the flame but you're gonna be with the saints you gotta go through all the pain you're living it now but the die is a game i think about heaven a lot and i'm gonna do it for god now when I'm throwing the talent, I'm giving it all that I got. Look, I hope to see you in paradise. This ain't a game, ain't a paradise. I don't really care to be verified. I'm aware that life is what you bear inside. Put your faith in the Father. Forget the world and don't bother. You think it's hot, but hell's hotter. You down for one drip of water. You don't want to be the rich man. You blinking, you sinking in quicksand. If you're reaching up, God got a big hand. Surrender to him and his big plan. Now 
do we fall on harder times? We wide awake with sober minds. We gotta look for peace within. Through all the evil we witness in. Material world is all a facade. The way that we care, we give it to God. Yeah. Just give it to God. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will, and I'm Will Addison. And the title or the topic today is Can You Feel Me? And we know that our our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the compassionate one. He loves us, and he can feel the things that uh, you bring to him, that he's acquainted with, with, with those things in all ways. And there's the scripture in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 uh, through 16, it says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Such an amazing uh, passage. The identification that Christ has with, with us, that he uh, understands our infirmities and our pain and the things that we go through is not foreign to him. You know, we may feel like, man, all that's going on and things that's happening in our lives, nobody knows what's going on. But Christ, he understands. He understands. And not only that, he went through it all, yet without sin. And because he was able to do that, because he is God, now we can come boldly to his throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. It's amazing. We can go to him because he has fulfilled, you know, all that the father gave him to fulfill. He went through yet without sin. He identified with all the infirmities and things that was laid upon him yet without sin. And now as a result, we can go to him boldly to the throne boldly and get mercy and, and obtain mercy and grace for help in a time of need. We all have times of need. We all have times of need. And if you just survey the headlines, the people that are killing themselves, suicide, and, and the, the murders and the deaths and all this stuff that's going on in this world, this fallen world, man, we all have times of need that we need to stretch out and say, Father, I need you. I, I need you to help me. I can't deal with this. This is so heavy and so hard. We need not run away from him, but run towards him. Remember John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He so loved the world that he gave the very best, his only begotten son. That's showing love and compassion. He fills us. Because we, he, he knows our fallen state and that we need, needed a Savior. He provided it. Remember how he dealt with the woman with the issue of blood? I want to read that, Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. It said, a woman who had a, a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. And after hearing about Jesus, she came up 
in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in, uh, in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Amazing. This woman with the issue of blood, right? This had been going on for years. The woman had a a blood condition where she bled continuously. She had seen many physicians, but she only got worse. She was supposed to be seen, right, as unclean, and she should not have even been in the crowd. But she heard about Jesus, and faith arose in her, in her heart, and moved her to action. She touched his cloak from behind, but she thought, she thought, if I touch his garment, I will be made well. Wow. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt her body was healed. Jesus perceived that power had come from him and asked, who touched me? And his disciples answered, there are many people in this crowd. The crowd is pressing. And you ask, who touched you? He looked around and saw the lady that touched him. She was afraid and bowed down low to the ground. But she told him the the whole truth. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. She touched Jesus with faith, believing, and she was healed. It was like power was drained from his body because of her her touch of faith. But Jesus had compassion on her. She should have been punished for not only touching Jesus, right, but for being in the crowd. That was a no-no. She was not even supposed to be there. She was supposed to be banned from all contact with people. But she knew that if she touched Jesus, his garment, that she would be made whole. And he had compassion on her. He didn't say, away with this woman who touched me. You know, who knows what was going through her mind when he turned around and said, like, who touched me? Knowing that she should not have even been there. (laughs) She not only touched Jesus, but if the crowd was packed like that, man, other people. And she understood the weight of this. But the compassion of our Lord is evident. And what about the woman that was caught in adultery? Jesus also shows compassion to her. In John chapter 8, uh, verse 1 through 11, it said, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, 
And having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery, in the very act. Now, in the law of Moses, the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say? And they were, say, they were saying this, testing him, so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But when they uh, persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones, and he, le- and he was left alone. And the woman, where, 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 where she was, in the center of the court. And straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did not one condemn you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on, sin no more. Jesus shows compassion, but he does not condone sin. He shows compassion. He shows that, man, these people are accusing her, and she's rightfully, has, she has been rightfully accused. It didn't say that she didn't do what she had been accused of. But there was compassion shown by Jesus. He he is acquainted with the feelings of our infirmity. And he didn't leave it there, but he said, don't sin anymore. Don't do this anymore. Don't continue on in this sin. See, that's what's void of the conversation today. The conversation today is identify with me. Affirm me. And if you don't affirm me, that means that you don't, uh, 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 feel me. You're not compassionate towards me. See, that's the conversation is, is, you know, just affirm me in my sin, even though it's wrong. But the conversation, what it has to be is, look, you are made in the image of God. I have compassion for you. You need to come to Jesus Christ and sin no more. We're not just going to wallow here in the lies. We're not going to wallow here in the feelings. And this, is, this gets very hard when, with people that we love, right? Family members who are operating in this way. They just want you to, to, to affirm what they're doing. They just want you to be good with what they have chosen. But as a follower of the way, we cannot. We can have compassion. We can pray for them. We can, you know, man, share the gospel with them. But we don't condone their sin. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't do it. He felt what people felt. He feels us, but he does not condone sin. The Samaritan woman, the very fact that he interacted with her was compassion. Jesus broke all those cultural rules because he feels us. We have a high priest who is touched by the feelings of our infirmity. He feels us. Well, if we look at another tangible example, a, a tangible expression from the scriptures of what, uh, what spiritually Christ has done for us, or if we're not in relationship with Christ, what he wants to do for us. 
in Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through 45. And this is a story that always grabs me because of the details of what, what happened here. And it shows how much he, he cares for us. A leper, and the leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling and said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity. Moved with pity. The King James Version says, Compassion. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your uh, cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it <laughs> and, he, and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Powerful story, powerful account of what Jesus did in showing compassion to this leper. Luke, the physician, he says that the man was full of leprosy, full of leprosy. Uh, Jesus, his ministry is in full swing at this time. He's going around, he's traveling, he's teaching, he's preaching, he's laying hands on the sick. People are being uh, uh, healed, casting out demons, is in full swing. He's been preaching the good news. But the sick man approaches him. He's approached by this leper. Now think about this. This, again, is an unclean, culturally, an unclean person. He shouldn't be, he should be nowhere around other people. As far as uh, the Jews are concerned, he don't have any part. He's outside of the camp. But this man approached Jesus. So Luke describing him full of leprosy implies that he was about to die, that he was, man, full of this disease. In this advanced stage of leprosy, he was living apart from all other people According to Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45, he had to wear a cloth over his mouth and cry, unclean, unclean. You had to give a warning that, man, I'm not right. I'm unclean. So this is this man's state. Leprosy was horrible. And it was, and it was a, a terrible disease, but the stigma that it carried was also very, very, very bad. And so we're going to talk more about this. Because what Jesus does here is a full display of his love and his compassion that he shows us even today. Because, see, we were all lepers at one time. We were all lepers, unclean, outside of the camp. And Christ showed us great compassion by offering us salvation. But we're going to continue to talk about this uh situation here with this leper when we get back this is aaron addison's here on american family radio wednesdays with will and i'll be back right after this
Yes, yes. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio Wednesdays with Will. I'm asking the question, can you feel me? And we know that our Savior, Jesus Christ, was touched by the feelings of our infirmity. He's our great high priest, and he's able to feel the things that no one else can feel in us. You know, there's a lot of darkness and a lot of depression and things like that. We don't have to be. We can roll that over onto Jesus. The Bible says that we ought to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. He's a compassionate Savior. His compassions, they fail not. Amen. His compassions, they fail not. And we talked uh, before the break about uh, the man who was a leper who approached Jesus and said, if you will, you can cleanse me. And Jesus replied, I will. And he did just that. But leprosy was a, a terrible, terrible thing, you know, to be, uh, to have that sickness was seen as, man, you cannot be around other people. You were outcast. You were totally unclean. And many have thought leprosy to be a disease of the skin. It is better classified, however, as a disease of the nervous system because the leprosy bacterium attacks the nerves. Leprosy's agent M. leprae is a rod-shaped bacterium related to the tuberculosis bacterium. Uh, leprosy is spread by multiple skin contacts. So that's why you couldn't be around people, because this stuff was spread like that, as well as by droplets from the upper respiratory tracts, such as nasal secretions that are transmitted from person uh, to person. It, its symptoms start in the skin and its nerv- nervous system outside the brain and the spinal cord and spread to other parts, such as the hands, the feet, the face, and earlobes. Patients with leprosy experience disfigurement of the skin and bones, twisting of the limbs and curling of the fingers to form the characteristic claw hand. Facial changes including uh, included uh, thickening of the outer ear and collapsing of the nose. So this was a destructive, terrible disease. Tumor-like growths are called lepromas, may form on the skin and in the respiratory tract. And the optic nerve may deteriorate. The largest number of deformities develop from loss of pain sensation due to extensive nerve damage. For instance, Inattentive patients can pick up a a cup of boiling water 
without flinching. So this wreaked havoc on the body. And so it was seen as unclean. So this man, he was a leper. So he was considered unclean. He had to be set apart from the community. Think about that. He had to be set apart from the community. That means his family, his friends, the people that he loved, he could not be around. He was isolated and made to stay outside, uh, outside of the city limits, usually close to the dump. Uh, if he touched some, something or someone, it, be, it became ceremonially unclean. Even if the person didn't uh, contract the disease, they had to be removed and set apart. So you can imagine no one wanted to be around him or anyone like him because even having that type of contact, now you're unclean. Even if you don't develop the disease, you had to be set apart. To them, he was repulsive. To all that saw him, he was repulsive. His disease was humanly incurable. But leprosy was akin to sin. Leprosy was akin to sin. Jesus, God in the flesh, what did he do? Given all these symptoms of what leprosy did and, and how contagious and how bad it was, but what did Jesus do? He touched the leper. This man that had not been touched probably in years was touched by God. I have this uh, quote here. The only way you can touch someone or something unclean and not become unclean yourself is if you make the other person or thing clean. Think about that. The only way you can touch someone or something unclean and not become unclean yourself is if you make the other person or thing clean. You can't both stay the same. Like both of you can't stay the same. There is only one person who can transfer, transfer clean, a cleanliness, a cleanness, and that's God. And that's what Jesus did. When Jesus touched the leper and healed the leper, he was making another claim to deity. Another claim to deity. I want to read that again because there's a lot in that that we have to catch. The only way you can touch someone or something unclean and not become unclean yourself is if you make the other person or thing clean. And you can't both stay the same. There is only one person who can transfer cleanness or cleanliness, and that's God. When Jesus touched the leper and healed the leper, he was making another claim to deity. To go show yourself to the priest. There was a twofold, twofold purpose for that. That the man may enter back into society and that the priest may know the Messiah is here. <laughs> Jesus showed this man great compassion. He felt where this man was. This man came in humility. He said, man, if you, if, if you can, I know you, you can make me clean if you're willing. If you're willing. And Jesus did just that. Jesus could have spoke, spoken a word and said, be healed. And that, was, and that would have been that. He would have been healed. But he went the extra mile 
to show us his compassion that he feels us. He touched this man. He knew that this man needed more than just a word. The word would have been satisfactory because he would have been healed. There, was other, there were other times where Jesus sent his word and the diseases were healed. But this specific time, he touched this man. He touched the untouchable. That's a display of great compassion. Great compassion. Tearing down those cultural, you know, norms and walls and doing things that only God himself can do. Luke chapter 7, verse 22, when, the, when, when, when John the Baptist wanted confirmation that Jesus was the Christ, uh, he answered them, go and tell John, this is Jesus, you have seen and heard the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed. <laughs> this, was a, this was a display of deity. John was asking, man, is this the Christ or should we be looking for somebody else? You know, I'm over here in jail. You know, like, is this the one? I'm having some questions. Jesus said, go tell John that what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the poor have the good news preached to them. These were all signs that Christ is the Messiah. And he showed compassion through all these great works that he did. We serve a compassionate God who not only is willing to heal this man, but that touched this man. He had the vilest disease, but this is what God has done for us. If you're in a state right now where you are unsure of your um, walk with the Lord, if you would say straight out, man, I don't know Jesus. He don't know me. He, 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 he don't know me. That's, that's even more important. He don't, like, I'm not one of his. Well, you're just like this leper, unclean. And Christ has given the very best. He's given himself. He desires to show compassion to you by you repenting of your sins, accepting him as Lord and Savior, repenting of your sins, and said, Jesus, I need you. I'm tired of walking this, 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 this life on my own and doing what I please. I submit to your lordship. Because like this man, like this leper, you are considered unclean. Considered unclean, dead, and consumed by our sin. Like this man. We're set apart from the community of God. If you're in that state, you are not a part of the people of God, the community of God. The very best community is the community of God. If you're not in Christ, you're isolated. You're an outcast, not a part of the family of God. That's the family that you need to be a part of, the family of God. If you're not in Christ, like this man, ceremonially unclean and made our world around us unclean. He was unclean, and he would make those around him unclean if he was in contact. It's the same way we were before Christ. Or if you're in that state right now, that's how you are. 
like this man, repulsive to God in our sinful state. Our sin is repulsive to God. If you're, if you're not living for God now, your sin is repulsive to God. Like this man, inflicted with this disease, that it was humanly incurable. But there's a cure for the sin sickness. That's submission to Jesus Christ. But God, but God, he's full of grace. He's full of mercy. He's full of compassion. When we cried out as the Holy Spirit drew us and asked the master, if you will, you can make me clean. We had to say the same thing. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus responded to me, to you, if you're in Christ, I will be clean. And at that very moment, he made us whole. Praise God. If you don't know this type of relationship, if you are existing in this world just doing what you desire to do, if you just by a chance turn on this radio station that you don't normally listen to, this is the Lord wanting to speak to you. Well, all the things that are going on around us in this world, well, all the things that are happening, where are you in your walk with the Lord? Are you one of his? Are you a part of the family of God? Jesus Christ is poised and ready and waiting to show you compassion. He's desiring to show you compassion. Now, this compassion is not without a price. This what he desires to show you is not without a price. Because he will not condone your sin. That's something that you have to lay all of that down. That old man has to be done away with. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old thing has passed away and behold, all things have been made new. So if you want to experience newness of life, I'm not going to give you a formatted prayer, but you cry out in your heart to, to God right now. You cry out to him. If you know that you've been living in sin, that you've been doing things outside of, of, of the parameters of what God has for you, as laid out in his word, maybe at one time you were acquainted with the word of God. And you grew up in church and things like that, but you haven't been living for him. Today is a day of salvation. Jesus says, don't harden your hearts when you hear his voice. And what I want to leave you with is this scripture again in Hebrews chapter 4, 15 and 16. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. This is who we serve, a compassionate God. Get to know him. Get to know him. If you've been away from him, get to know him. He desires to embrace you. He desires for you to be one of his. But know that just like he told the, the woman caught in adultery, he will say to you, and has said to me, and then said to all of us who have come into his family, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. This has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing.
But until then, God bless. <laughs>